You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Back home, I was in, uh, if, if you recall, if you listened to the show last week, <laughs> what a poop show. Uh, so I, I, go out to, uh, I go out to the West Coast, was out in L.A. for the entire week, was, was at that SoFi game where Baker Mayfield, <laughs> unbelievable, let me tell you something, what an un- first of all, um, with all due respect to the Jets and the Giants ownership, you guys dropped the ball, big time. How, how do you have, and it's not just, by the way, it's not just two owners, right? It's three owners. It's Steve Tisch and John Mara. Um, SoFi Stadium is ridiculous. okay? You walk in, you're just, you're, you're, your jaw is on the ground. You're like, they actually play football here? Like, it's unbelievable. Why isn't that here where you have three owners spending money? I, I, I don't, I don't understand. Um, stadium was unbelievable. It was a Raiders game. It was a Raiders home game in L.A. The entire stadium was filled with black Raiders jerseys. Those first three quarters, Raiders were, were semi-dominant, okay? And then Josh McDaniels, he's just, he doesn't, he doesn't deserve, he, he doesn't belong to be, a, like, great offensive coordinator, great under Bill Belichick. You know, so funny, right? All these coaches get hired from the Bill Belichick tree and then they fail, and then they go back with their tail between their legs, i.e. Judge, i.e. Patricia, soon to be i.e. Josh. His behind got who? Who'd you say, Joe? Cliff Kingsbury, maybe. There you go. If he gets his, canned in his, uh, Arizona. His, his behind got so tight in that fourth quarter. Meanwhile, Baker Mayfield's playing footloose and fancy free after only learning the playbook for three days. And engineers this 98-yard drive, touchdown pass to, to uh, Van Jefferson in, in the last few seconds of the game. The entire stadium was shocked. I took a video. I was just like, whoa, this is amazing. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. So out there and then, and then went to Vegas uh, to host some daily wager shows in studio. Our studios are, are there in Vegas. And um, had, had called ahead scheduled, you know, planned out with the hotel I was staying at uh, to have a, a room in the conference area, uh, their business area, to host the show last Saturday. And, you know, this day and age, there's only so many Ethernet cables still available. <laughs> and so I was doing the show in the lobby. I know that was a hard show last week, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully it didn't sound as bad as I thought it did. Um, but nonetheless, happy to be back here on the East Coast, that's for sure. Um, 800-919-3776. All right, let's, let's continue with your calls. But like I said, I do want to spend some time on this Giants-Washington game because I, I know the storyline here is Zach Wilson back under center. What can we realistically expect tomorrow? Uh, but but team-wise, uh, this Giants-Washington game is, is pretty damn significant and pretty damn important, right? Um, let's go to Ryan in Rockland. Ryan, you're up. Uh, thank you, Anita. And uh, I would say uh, if when it comes to gifts and stuff like that, I would probably love to go to that party and bring like five gifts and And But the thing is, uh, first, uh, let me just, before I get to the meat and potatoes, 
mm-hmm. a lot of clowns out there have been screaming about, you know, Zach Wilson, the, you know, the jet management wants him to be the quarterback. They want to get him in any chance they can. Okay, what about the last three weeks? Was he supposed to come in in street clothes? Uh, listen, he, he, they pulled him out. He was playing bad, and then all of a sudden everybody started piling on, to, um, piling on him. And I know about piles because I've been under a few piles myself in my time. But the thing is now the jet defense might have to step up a little bit. I mean, that play with Mosley last week, jumping over the top. I mean, come on. Did anybody seriously believe that the tight end was going to run with that ball? If anything, they were trying to draw more sides, and that's exactly what happened there. So defense has got to play smarter, and it has to play better because you can't just keep blaming everything on Zach. You know, um, the play with the with – the, um, what was the Patriots – what was that? That was the guy running the ball back for the touchdown near the end of the game, right? So uh, who's kidding who with that? You got so the other parts of the team have to play better. The offensive line has to play better. Mike uh, Mike White got cream last week because the offensive line wasn't picking up blitzes and wasn't just blocking good. Uh, pass blocking obviously in the NFL seems to be much harder than pa- than blocking for the running attack. That's what it looks like to me now. And also the uh, back to the defense. Defense has to play big. We just can't keep saying, oh, this is a great defense, this is a great defensive team. I want to see a performance like the 76 Pittsburgh Steelers when practically the whole team was injured except for Jack Lambert, and they just threw a pitch shutout after shutout, six points for the other team, and they got themselves into the into the playoffs. Unfortunately, they lost the Super Bowl because their two running backs were out. So anyway, so Anita, it's great. The biggest gift for this audience is you because you take my phone calls. That other stupid station, the screen is banned my calls. The guy they just hired off the street bans my calls from there. But here you always took my calls, and thank you. <laughs> you got it, Ryan. Uh, listen, I, I, I don't know what's going on behind closed doors uh, at, at the Jets facility, uh, but you know, I, I will say this. You know, Joe D has hitched his wagon um, and Robert Sala to Zach Wilson. Okay, when 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 a when a franchise and a general manager does that, typically they go down with the ship. Now, Steve Kime, who unfortunately now is 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 taking uh, some time off of work, general manager of the Arizona Cardinals. Not sure what's going on with him health wise. Hopefully everything's okay. But he drafted Josh Rosen. Immediately knew up, bad, wrong, big mistake here. Fires the head coach and and moves on drafts Murray the following year and hires Kingsbury. Now, granted, that's not working out now, but nonetheless, majority of, time, majority of the time in the NFL, a general manager and a head coach go out and they draft a quarterback, they're hitched to that quarterback. So is there motivation there for, from the ownership as well as Joe D for Zach Wilson to play? Absolutely. Here's where it gets difficult for... for um, for Robert Sala, and that is everyone in that locker room knows they have a better opportunity winning with Mike White. You've got a defense out there, blood, sweat, and tears, running through brick walls for Robert Sala, and Robert Sala plays Zach Wilson, Robert Sala's losing that locker room. Those guys who, who are running through brick walls for him are going to be like, dude, what are you doing? We're out here. We're risking life and limb. We're playing unbelievable defense, and you're going to give us that guy when we could win with this guy? Oh, hell no. Screw you. Guys in the locker room know who the better quarterback is, and if Robert Sala doesn't come to the table with that quarterback, he's going to lose that locker room. Not Joe D., not Woody. So 
conflict of interest there. Okay? Keep that in mind. 800-919-3776. Let's go to Ira in Staten Island. Ira, you're up. Hey, Anita. How are you? Very well said. And by the way, I'm going to give it to you just like you. So uh, I understand exactly where you're coming from. You know, you know it's going to be very interesting to see how Zach reacts. And, and Mike White does give them a better chance to win, but it is what it is. And personally, I think White's out for a year because, you know, he, if he couldn't play Sunday, he's not going to play Thursday. And now you're two games into it. So I, I think Wilson will finish the year. But at the end of the day, you have to go back. And I know his flaws. I get all of that. And all the points about you say playing quarterback with a Mike linebacker and none, the receivers and number, I get all of that stuff. Listen, just to have an opportunity to get into the playoffs, the defense is good. They have to get back to how they played when Wilson won five games. They didn't win it because of him. He had two good drives against the Steelers. But they did win five games. He threw two touchdowns. He exceeded 200 yards passing only twice, but he didn't turn the ball over. They played outstanding defense, and they created turnovers, and they ran the ball. And if somehow you could find that formula again, and you don't ask Wilson to, to you know, air it out, they're going to win their share of ball games. Whether this kid has got humbled and he's going to not make the mistakes and make these stupid plays that he has most of his career, we're going to find out very quickly starting tomorrow. Hopefully he's learned his lesson. I don't think it's going to make him a better quarterback, but maybe he could get them by for this year and then we'll reevaluate at the end of the year and see in what direction we're going next season. Um, Ira, and I appreciate the phone call. Always love uh, hearing you. Um, I, I just, I, I disagree. I think there's, there's a lot more riding uh, on this game tomorrow uh, than, than that. By the way, to bring you up to speed on the score, the Colts were not just in the red zone, I don't know, the green zone, inside the five, goal line with Jonathan Taylor, and they couldn't get it in. <laughs> Could not get it in. Um, the, uh, the Minnesota Vikings defense, great goal line stand to hold the Indianapolis Colts to three as opposed to seven. So right now Minnesota has the ball. First quarter, they are down 3-0 to the Colts. Uh, great defensive stand there uh, for for Minnesota in um, really on the goal line, pretty much. 800-919-3776. We come back. Uh, I am going to start talking about that Giants-Washington game. Uh, it deserves talking to, uh, talking about. Uh, Richard John, hang tight. We've got Cynthia Freeland, who's going to be joining us in about 15 minutes as well. So still a lot more coming your way. Anita Marks with you. 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. I know we've got some callers up. I'll get to you in just a second. We're going to hear from Cynthia Freeland in about 10 minutes. Uh, by the way, the Colts. God, I love Jeff Saturday. I love, love, love Jeff Saturday. I, again, I, I know I said this. Uh, not thrilled with the hiring process that the Colts went through. Okay. Uh, you know where I stand. If you do listen to me, I feel that there's not enough minority hiring in the NFL. I think it's a complete shame. But in my time here working at ESPN, I've become quite friendly with Jeff Saturday. And I'm just telling you that there is um, arguably not a nicer man on the planet than Jeff Saturday. And um, so I am rooting for him uh, just because he is a good egg. He's just a good, good man. Um, although my money is on the Minnesota Vikings minus three today. Um, as you know, if you're listening to the show earlier, but uh, Minnesota Vikings... Uh, down now 10 nothing, uh, block punt by the Colts special team. 
and uh, were able to run one in. So uh, Minnesota's down now, 10-0. Uh, Dalvin Cook getting the ball. One thing about this uh, Colts rush defense, 21st in the NFL, allowing over 125 yards a game. So Dalvin Cook starting to heat up, get spicy. Uh, if you have him on your fantasy team, God bless. Uh, hopefully he could put up some good numbers for you. As we know, we are in the playoffs of fantasy football. Okay, uh, Giants, how am I playing this? I love the fact the Giants are getting four and a half. Joe and Harvey and I were talking about it in the break. Uh, how do I envision this game? I think that this is going to come down to a, a, a game-winning field goal. I think Graham Gano, how do I envision this? I think Graham Gano kicks a game-winning field goal on Sunday night for the Giants to win. And then uh, have, oh my gosh, uh, the Minnesota Vikings just fumbled the ball. <laughs> What's going on here? Minnesota just fumbled the ball. As of right now, no clear. I'm sure they're going to review this. Um, but as of right now, the refs are saying that the Colts defense has the ball. So a block punt, a fumble. Oh boy. Yeah, watching the replay here. Um, yep, looks like a fumble. Dalvin Cook fumbled the ball, and so now the Colts have the the, the football the game the, the the football again, uh, and so Matt Ryan will be taking the field. So, um, I I envision a Graham Gano game winning field goal. That's how I envision it. So I love the Giants getting the four and a half. Uh, I think I think the line is uh, is a complete mess. Uh, I, if if you first of all, I can't stand the four and a half. I can't stand the five and a half. But I do love, I've got, I've got the, the wrong, I think the wrong team is favored here. So actually I do like this line for the Giants. Um, a number of things. Number one, I'm hearing that Saquon Barkley had one of the best weeks of practice that we've, that we've seen him have in quite a while. Of course, as we know, he's been dealing with that neck issue. Apparently he feels great, healthy, ready to go, ready to rip it against Washington. Washington's scheme defensively, one of their biggest weaknesses is running around the edge. And that's, that's Saquon's running style. He loves to cut that edge, cut outside the offensive line as, as opposed to run down the gut. Okay, so I'm expecting a big night from Saquon Barkley. Also, Leo Williams is back. Williams, along with Lawrence, against that Washington interior offensive line, they're going to eat. Uh, Washington center Larson is out. So that's where I believe the Giants are going to be able to get the pressures through the interior of the line. As much as I love Heineke, I love cheering for him. He's a great story in around the NFL. One thing, he does hold the ball too long. And also, he's going to be good for at least a pick against the Giants on Sunday night. I, I think holding the ball and also getting pressured, I think it's going to be a tough night for him. As we know, Daniel Jones, 15-5 and five against the spread as a road dog. That's exactly what the Giants are. Again, they're, four, they're, they're getting four and a half. And also, Slayton... Against Washington, Washington's secondary giving up 10 yards per target to opposing wide receivers. 10 yards per target. Listen, I'm not saying that the Giants are going to go into our nation's capital and kick butt. I'm not saying that. I just think this is going to be a very close game. I think whoever does win, it's going to come down to a field goal. The reason why I do like the Giants getting the points. And my gut's telling me the Giants win this. Just because of how healthy I'm hearing about Saquon Barkley and the fact that Leo Williams is back. Um, I do believe the Giants win this on Sunday night. Let's continue with your calls. Uh, let's go to John in Norwalk. John, welcome in. Good afternoon. Oh, hi. How you doing? Hi. You there? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, before I make my point, you had a caller that was mistaken. I don't know if he was a big Steelers fan or not. The Steelers did not lose any Super Bowls in the 70s. They won four. 
The first one they lost was back when they played Aikman and the Cowboys in 95 with Neil O'Donnell. Anyway, um, I want to make a point. The media and fans, they always pick up a narrative and run with it. There have been at least four examples of backup quarterbacks or teams with two quarterbacks being very successful. Starback Martin in the 70s went to a Super Bowl. LaMonica Stabler in the 70s went to a Super Bowl. Stabler won one. Unitas Morrill went to a Super Bowl. Morrill Greasy with the Dolphins won a Super Bowl. Either injury or ineffectiveness. I remember in the 70s, Starback and Morton sometimes would alternate plays in one series. Now, I, I know you're young, and, I, and, I'm, a, and I'm a dinosaur, but uh, it's not as unusual or so outrageous as people like to make it think, like like to make you think. That's my point. Okay, appreciate the call, John. Uh, let's go to Richard in Manhattan. Richard, how you doing? Hi, Anita. Anita, I disagree with you in one aspect. If Wilson goes out and throws three touchdowns tomorrow, Jets win, has a great game. He gives us our best chance on Thursday. So this stuff fluctuates so quickly. We'll see what happens. Let's give the kid a chance. He won five games for us. Let's look at the positive. He looked bad in the Patriot game. So if he has a great game tomorrow or even a good game, very good game, and they win, you got to ride with him on Thursday. Now, as far as point spreads go, Detroit is a one-point favorite. The Jets are home. The Jets are 7-6. and six. Detroit is 6-7. and seven. So obviously Vegas does not subscribe – to the Bill Parcells theory, you are what your record says you are. Am I correct on, in interpreting it that way? Well, I think, I think and, and Richard, I appreciate the phone call. I, I think the reason it, it, it moved was because of how horrible Zach Wilson's been playing this season. Uh, listen, I'm not an odds maker, okay? So, but I want to believe that that is a big reason why the line moved uh, the big swing from from one the Jets being favored by one and a half to now Detroit being favored by one. So, um, you know, I don't, I don't. It's it, to me, it's it's more than just the record. I, I think it has to do with the fact that Zach Wilson's starting, and I think odds makers really don't don't value Zach Wilson. That's what I. That's why I think the the line moves so tremendously. Eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. We come back. Cynthia Freeland from the NFL Network is going to join us. We'll get her take on the Giants and the Jets matchup, uh, amongst other games that we will dive into, and we'll talk some fantasy as well. Cynthia Freeland next here on ninety eight point seven ESPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on ninety eight point seven ESPN. Cynthia, hi. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. How are you? I'm great. I have a white elephant uh, dinner party I'm going to tonight. Interesting. What are you bringing? So, see, that's so this is a conversation I'm having with my producers, Harvey and Joe. Like, when you go to, you know, a, one of these parties, don't you, like, I want my gift to be the most coveted gift. I want my gift to be the one that everybody's stealing from one another. 100%. Like, I, See? Okay, great. Like, like I care more about that than what I'm going to walk home with. Like, like, like. Exactly. Right. Like, yeah. I like. I want. I want my gift to be like the talk of the party. Like, oh man, that's what I got to get. Oh, I'm stealing that. Right. Right. I love it. You absolutely do. 
Okay, good. We're, we're, we're on the same page because the, the men, not necessarily, the men care about more what, they, what they're going to come home with as opposed to what they bring to the party. Yeah. But nonetheless... No, you have to uh, <laughs> Um, by the way, Indianapolis now is up 17, nothing against the Minnesota Vikings. Ah, should have known this is coming. Wild. I have the Minnesota Vikings minus three. Ah, well, Wild. anyway, not over, yet. not over yet. Oh gosh. Did you just see what happened? Kirk Cousins just went down on his back. He tripped over his center. This is just like, it's just, it's comical. It's become comical now. Nonetheless, let's start looking forward to tomorrow. Two big games. Here in New York for both the Jets and the Giants. Let's start with the Jets as they are home. Um, they are, oh, wow. The line now is back to the Jets favored by one. This is interesting, Cynthia. The line has been all over the place, right? Like it started off Jets favored by one and a half. Mike White, it's announced that he's out. Zach Wilson is going to start. Then that line jumped. Detroit was favored by one. Now I'm looking. The Jets are favored by one again. Um, Zach Wilson getting the start. The over-unders at 43 and a half. Your thoughts on this matchup. How are you playing this? What, what, what do you think happens here for the Jets and the Lions tomorrow? Well, I've been on the Jets the whole time. I would prefer Mike White to play, but even with Zach Wilson, I think it's going to be an interesting matchup. I really just think this one is all about the Jets' defense and how amazing this defense is. Now, you do have a bunch of Roy candidates in here, meaning – you know, you've got two on the defense. Aiden Hutchinson for the Lions has had a nice rookie campaign. Lots of sacks. That's a good pressure situation. But obviously, to me, this one is all about Sauce Gardner and his ability to probably shut down Amon Ross St. Brown. And then, of course, you know, you got to look on the other side of the ball. And Garrett Wilson for the offensive rookie of the year. This could be a, a strong Roy campaign for both sides of the ball for the Jets because the Lions defense, 30th in passing passing defense, you know, 30 seconds in yards per play allowed. Like, this is not the best defense in the league by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, no. A- any concern with golf being a Cali kid coming here to the East Coast uh, playing? I mean, t- weather conditions aren't supposed to be brutal, right? It's going to be like 30 degrees with the wind. Maybe it feels like it's high 20s. Uh, but no snow, no sleet, nothing like that. I, I don't think weather's going to be an issue. Do you? No, I think I, I'm not worried about the weather. That's not what my problem is. Like, <laughs> like the like. Sure, the wet. If it was Buffalo, we would talk about weather because it would be for both sides. But I think more it's the fact that the, the Jets don't need to bring the blitz in order to create pressure. And the Lions' O line has played really well. But the problem is, if you're able to create pressure and then keep those defensive backs all the way blanketing all the pass catchers, you're just not going to have any options. And that's really more the problem for Jared Goff than the weather or, you know, any other sort of like nuanced thing that isn't as big of a factor. I, I, I opened up the show and, and we talked a lot about, obviously, you know, we're the home of the Jets. So we talked a lot about that Jets game pretty much the entire first hour. I think this is a huge opportunity for Zach Wilson to really step up and, and play better football. It doesn't mean that he has to put this football team on his shoulder pads and be a hero. Just play smarter, play better football, win your job back, right? Yeah, and look, I know that the Lions have had better recent, recently, they've had better numbers against the run, but that's kind of just, that's a function of how the game was playing out, not a function of them being like this really excellent run defense. So the reality is, is that, you know, Donovan Knight has done a really nice job. I mean, 
how good are they at drafting running backs in this front office? Because you have all these injuries, and yet you're still able to get that kind of production. And when I'm looking at Bam's opportunities there, I, I think this might be like if you were looking, I don't know what the numbers are, but I would imagine it's probably the number for Zonovan Knight rushing yards is probably way too low. Again, Cynthia Freeland joining us here on uh, on 98.7 ESPN. You can see her all over the NFL Network. Uh, your thoughts on the Giants. This is a big game for the Giants. Uh, playoff implications for both the Giants and Washington. Uh, the probability is whoever does win this game on Sunday night, 80 to 82% chance that they will go to the playoffs. Um, this is a Giants team on the road, a road dog. They're getting four and a half against Washington. The over-unders at 40 and a half. Actually, that line is up to five. The Giants are now getting five. How do you see this game playing out, Cynthia? Dear God, please just don't tie. <laughs> I, I can't handle another tie. I can't handle another tie. Um, look, this is an interesting one. Unfortunately, I don't have – I think that – it is unfortunate, but the, I, I don't think that the Giants are going to be able to – although I will say – if they are going to pull off the upset, it's because their defensive front has become really, really helpful. And I really like what Kaylon Thibodeau has been able to put out there. My, my bigger problem, though, is that Washington's defensive front is just the strength of their team. And that has been what has been a problem for the Giants getting Saquon Barkley going seems to be the function and the, the way that they are able to get this offense going. But I do have a touchdown for Terry McLaurin for fantasy fans. Okay. One thing that I do like, first of all, I heard that this week, great week of practice for Saquon Barkley, uh, has looked the best this week than he has in quite a while. And also Saquon likes to run around the outside, the edge of the defensive line. And, and that is Washington's biggest weakness. Uh, so I, I, I do believe there. I do believe match Alabama and they're like all of you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I, I envision this game. I, I think whoever wins, I think it's going to be close, Cynthia. I think they're going to win by a field goal. Like I envision like Graham Gano hitting this, this field goal to win it with the last few minutes of the game. That's how I, I see this playing out. I do like the Giants. You know, with Leo Williams back, the interior line for Washington is very suspect. Um, I, just, I think it's going to be close, and, and, and I, think, I think the Giants squeak one out. I hope so. Because I, 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 I'd like to see that happen, but I don't know. I, I have Washington, but just by by one or two points. So definitely within that three-point margin that you articulated. All right, let's let's look at some of the other games out there. Uh, one in particular that I love, I love the Jacksonville Jaguars at home getting four against the Dallas Cowboys. They take on the Philadelphia Eagles next week. I think this could be another game where they're underestimating their opponent. They almost lost to Houston. Uh, and also, uh, statistically, Trevor Lawrence is having a better season than Dak Prescott. He's good for at least one interception per game. I like Jacksonville getting four. Your thoughts? I just feel like, as much as I'd like to say that that's the case, the difference is, is the, the Cowboys go by way of their defensive pressure. And when I'm looking at this Jags O-line, it is very suspect. And what I mean by that is you see a huge erosion, over 30 passer rating points different when Trevor Lawrence is under pressure versus when he's not. So it means that, you know, it's not like they're, you know, when they give up pressure, they give up bad pressure. And I think that you don't see kind of the Cowboys have bad games twice with that pressure cooker situation. I do understand trap game situation, but coming off of last week and a scare by the Texans, I don't think they let that happen again. So I, I'm, I, I think this is a nice at least seven-point win 
for Dallas. Big bounce back, kind of wake up call situation, especially with all this like, are we going to get OBJ? Is Ty? Is this enough? All this, all this, you know, this just tons of like gossip and question and intrigue around them. I think they have to show up. Dan um, Quinn. What'd you say? Dan Quinn's not going to let that happen. That's going to be, it's going to be a good one. Um, the other game that I do like, I love the big cats this week. I love Cincinnati in Tampa Bay, Cincinnati minus three and a half. Um, I don't like the hook obviously. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not shy to buy it down. Uh, so I like Cincinnati minus three at Tampa. Cincinnati's offense has been absolutely tremendous. Um, you know, you've got now, uh, Joe Burrow in the MVP conversation, the Tampa Bay Bucks, their offense has been anemic. Twenty eighth in uh, in in score scoring per drive. Their defense just gave up thirty five points to Mister Irrelevant Purdy. I, I mean, I just I love Cincinnati in in this spot. What say you? I'm completely with you. I think I don't know what the Joe Mixon number is, but it's going to be huge. I will say they have a lot of injuries on their defense, which is probably why the number looks the way that it does. I don't think Trey Hendrickson plays. Like you know, obviously we know we're. They're just missing a bunch of people that are really, really key to that, uh, you know, to that defense. So I think that's probably where the number comes in. So I might be more comfortable with an over there. But I, at the end of the day, I think that this one comes down to a Joe Mixon kind of, you know, make sure that the ball stays on the side of, you know, the, the Bengals, even if it's not like the most efficient day in terms of like yards per carry. I think they just eke out first downs like that. Before we start talking fantasy, what's your favorite play in this this week's slate of games? I think I really like Cole Komet to catch at least four passes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like yeah, really because, like- because uh, Clay pulls out. Clay pulls out. Um, really, there, there's really no, no, no good wide receivers. So, yeah, I like that. Yep. So, I mean, look, it's, it's, not, the, it's not like, I'm, it's not like obviously like the sexiest, like, ooh, like, uh, I want this and this, but I love it. It's smart. It's interesting. And somebody's got, they got to throw the ball against the Eagles somehow. And Cole Komet has been their sure-handed lead. He's their number one target, their number one receiver. So I know he's not a receiver, but you know, pass catcher. I might steal that as my best bet tomorrow. Do um, it. To, 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 yeah, it. To, to, to be, to be, to be quite frank. And, and I, and I will give you a shout out on daily wager because everybody, especially but, Eddie, Eddie Marlette, um, our, our main producer, lo- yeah, he loves you. Maybe maybe just a little bit more than I do. All right, let's let's turn our attention to some football, fantasy football that is. And as always, I like to have you on. This is which by the way, I had a horrible year. In in the 12 leagues that I'm in, I've only made it to the playoffs in 4 of the 12. I've I've never had a season like that. Usually it's like 10 of 12, 9 of 12, but I only made it to the postseason in 4 of 12. Um, it's been a very disappointing season for me, but, um, but what about you? How, how, how have you done this fantasy season? I'm like half and half. It's not my, it's not my best year either. It's, it seems like the people who didn't know football as well got, or like had weird, like if you had a prime draft pick, like, I mean, obviously I just watched Jonathan Taylor walk out of this game with an injury. So if you had one of those top draft picks, you kind of got in a bad, you got in a bad funk with your drafting situation. So unless you were able to pick up some people and be really shrewd with, trades and stuff like it, it just luck of the draw injuries were such a devastating blow this year yeah I, I truly believe that this is the year that if you drafted in the middle so if you had the if you had if you drafted around like five six or seven 
I feel I feel like that's be, because there were so many injuries to so many big name players. Like I, I just feel like that's really where you you wanted to be this year was drafting somewhere around five, six, or seven as opposed to first or last. Just just my two cents. But with that being said, let's dive into it. It is uh, the first week of the playoffs in fantasy football, so it's really, really dire. Folks need your your insight more than ever. Quarterbacks wise, who who do you have? Who do you like this week? Well, look, obviously you're playing your Josh Allen. You know, you're playing your Josh, your Patrick, your Jalen, your Justin, right? Like, so so we know that one. But I think maybe you could go a little bit off the radar, especially in DFS, if you are no longer eligible for fantasy. My DFS best pick is, is actually Dak Prescott in this one. But I also have pretty nice numbers for Max Jones when it comes to, again, DFS. This is a DFS note right here when it comes to that. And if you're in, if you're in a season-long team, I, you know, I, I do think, you're going to roll. People have been asking a lot about Tom Brady. I think he's still okay to play. He still comes up ahead of that water line that I need. And Derek Carr as well. Um, running backs that you like this week. A lot of people are all over Pacheco going up against the Denver Broncos. You know, what's funny is Pacheco and McKinnon both come up really strong for me. So mm-hmm. you could do either one of those. Don't forget about Brian Robinson who had a big game against the Giants. He could be a nice pick for Daly again as well. But, I mean, I'm just going to go back to the well here. Last week I said Miles Sanders. He came through big for me. Miles Sanders, I'm getting a lot of shares of him in DFS, and I'm not having any fear about doing it, even though, I mean, look, maybe they, maybe it's even better, like, score gets out of hand, and perhaps, you know, they just run with Miles Sanders like we saw last week as opposed to having Jalen Hurts potentially risk injury. You see Brian Robinson scoring a touchdown against the Giants? I do. I do, too. I like me some brush and, it, and then I'm looking at drafts and turn out 5,400. So, I mean, that's, that's a pretty nice, that's a pretty nice thing. And of course I'd be remiss to not point out that Damian Harris was ruled out. So Ramondre Stevenson is a good pick against Las Vegas. Uh, wide receivers. There's some sneaky good plays. No Sutton. So Jerry Judy could be good. Uh, no Nico Collins as well as Brandon cooks. So more could be a sneaky good play for you. Four. No Rondell Moore and uh, Marquise Brown, big question mark. So Dorch could be a sneaky good play for you. You mentioned Cole Komet as well, but we're not on tight ends yet. Wide receivers. Who are you looking at? Well, I, look, I know I said it last week and it, it kind of was good, but I think even more Elijah Moore go back. I mean, Garrett Wilson for daily Garrett Wilson's like, my like favorite pick in daily for the entire week, but Elijah Moore has some good numbers here as as does Denzel. And don't put them all in the same category. Of course, spread them around if you're playing daily. But I'm also looking at, and I know it's going to sound a little like weird or whatever, but you know, don't forget about Deontay Johnson against Carolina. Carolina's been stingy on defense, but you know, with a change of quarterback because of injury. You're going to have a guy who that, that seemed like she had more chemistry with him. So that's an interesting one to keep an eye on. And then, again, don't forget about Christian Watson. I know you have to wait on that one a little bit later. But remember, Green Bay playing L.A. L.A., obviously, you know, it's going to be cold there in Green Bay, too. But L.A. has given up the deep passes where Christian Watson has done the majority of his work. So I think a touchdown for him, too. He's a bit touchdown dependent for your season long. But for your daily, he's a great price because he's cheap. And last but not least, before we let you go, tight ends, we know you like Cole Komet. Who else do you like? I like me some Greg Dolchich. Go back to that. Run mm-hmm. it again. I mean, no one's playing for Denver. You're right about Jerry Judy, but you're also right about Greg Dolchich. You could be right about Greg Dolchich, too, in this 
matchup. And then I'm looking at Evan Ingram, too, if you don't want to do the Zay Jones play. Evan Ingram, of course, against Dallas. I don't like taking against Dallas' defense, but it is a nice opportunity to take advantage of, you know, who's going to be the subject of the catch. So I think, I think Evan Ingram will be in good shape there. She is Cynthia Freeland joining us each and every Saturday, gracing us with her presence. Cynthia, thank you so much. Um, happy holidays to you and yours. We'll talk to you next week. Sounds good. Talk to you later. You got it. Uh, quick break. We come back. We'll continue with your calls. 800-919-3776. Also coming up in our, our next hour, Craig Burley uh, is going to give us a preview for tomorrow's World Cup championship. Uh, France, uh, of course, going up against Argentina. Um, we've got Joe Wiz coming your way. Jordan Renan and John Heim will give us a preview for that Giants-Washington Commanders game as well. And we'll continue with your calls. So still a lot more going on with you until 3 o'clock this afternoon right here on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Let's take some calls before we start off, uh, before we kick off hour three. We're going to do a a little preview for you. We've got the World Cup Championship coming your way. So Craig Burley, uh, part of ESPN's uh, soccer um, analysis team, is going to be joining us. And also we'll have a preview of that Giants-Commanders game with Jordan and and John Heim. And, of course, we'll hear from Joe Wiz. 800-919-3776. Let's go to Justin in Tom's River. Justin, welcome in. Good afternoon. Hey, Anita, thank you for taking my call. Um, obviously, I want to talk about the Jet game tomorrow. You know, I think Cynthia really hit it on the head, too. The big thing tomorrow with tomorrow's game is that defensive front for the Jets. They have been making hay, you know, mayhem for offensive teams all year long. And with Quinton Williams, hopefully he can play tomorrow because he's a force to be racking with. He stops the run, and he just totally gets to the quarterback. You know, if he's not playing tomorrow, that's a big loss, too, for the Jets. And also with Zach Wilson coming back in, you know, I'm going to the game tomorrow. You know and I know if he doesn't play well early, the Jets fans are going to get on him. So mentally, I hope the Jets get on a hot start early that the fan, the fan base doesn't get on him early in the game because I don't know if he's mentally tough enough to handle that at this point. But, you know, it just if I were – the most important thing tomorrow is LaFour coming up with a good game plan for him. I was talking with your producer earlier. they got to limit the amount of throws with him, get him going in a groove early, establish the run. Night – and Michael Carter, I would run him and run him some more. And hopefully, you know, they keep the scoring to a minimum. Obviously, the Jets have a great defense and to protect that secondary. And I'm hoping the game tomorrow is maybe like 20 to 17, something in that range, and hopefully the Jets win because I, I, I don't think I could take another season with that not going to the playoffs, especially how much promise we've had this year. Yeah, this 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 is a defense you don't. And, and thanks for the phone call, Justin. This is a defense. This Jets defense this is a defense you don't want to waste this season. That's for sure. Let's go to Steve in Orange County. Steve, good afternoon. Welcome in. So taking my call, long time listener. Um, um, you know, when it comes to Joe Douglas and the Robert Sala tenure, um, I think they've absolutely earned another shot if they miss on Zach Wilson. Uh, they've run a lot of high character free agents and draft picks. Uh, they, they've established talent on all three levels, and uh, this is the most depth the Jets teams have had in a lot of years. Um, on top of that, Joe Douglas is in Philly during the Nick Foles and Carson Wentz uh, Super Bowl run, so he's not. You know, this isn't strange to him. I think he knows how to handle it. I think he's been handling it well, and uh, I think Mike White ultimately will be the answer if we make the playoffs. And uh, stat for the Jets line game: uh, Jared Goff, 20 touchdowns at home, only two on the road. So I think that's going to be the difference. 
Thanks for the phone call, Steve. Appreciate it. Let's go to Buddha in the Bronx. Hey, Anita, what's going on? How you doing? Good. Listen, um, anybody, you had a gentleman before who was talking about people were clowns and all this other stuff about the administration wanting Wilson to play. I mean, listen, they had an hour and a half meeting before a press conference. So that clearly shows that Robert Sala is not able to make that decision unilaterally, uh, which is like it is for a lot of teams. But I would just say this. When you look at the coaches who have won Super Bowls, you look at McVay, you look at um, even Bruce Arians. I mean, you know, Tom Brady had to get him run out of there because Bruce Arians held him accountable as well. It's never going to work when people are telling you who you can play and who you can't. And, you know, the last year when, when Salah first got here, I was super excited about Salah coming. Then I was disappointed because I felt like he was like an Aaron Boone and he was a pom-poms guy. But as the, the talent improved, you know, I saw his coaching improve. So I have to give him credit for that. But, you know, I made a point to you earlier, and um, I agree with this point wholeheartedly. You know, when you look at LaFleur, What's going to happen here is, obviously, they're going to dumb the playbook down and they're going to get a little conservative. But they should have done that a little bit more, even with White, because, you know, with LaFleur, as soon as he gets a quarterback that can see the field, he becomes pass-happy. And, you know, those are those games with those 50 attempts. You know, Mike White got hurt. You know, the, the whole situation, you got to learn from that. You know, and um, lastly, I'll just say this much with, with the Wilson thing. You know, Wilson, listen, you hope he plays well. I don't see how you can have much confidence that he will. But what you need to see this happening is actually kind of the best thing for the Jets to happen because I, I don't know if the Jets are going to make the playoffs. And some of it has not to do with Wilson. They've missed opportunities at Minnesota and also Buffalo. Michael Carter put that ball on the carpet. That did not help. But you got to know for sure, and you have to be able to sell it for sure, to, I guess, the owner, I don't know if it's, if it's um, Joe Douglas or it's the owner, because there was so much confusion and so much word salad with the press conferences with Salah that you can tell that there's dissension on the decision. So they have to get clarity on it. You know, and this uh, inevitably, this is going to tell us what it is. I hear you, Buddha. Appreciate the phone call. Um, quick break. We come back. We're going to switch gears, get you ready for that World Cup championship tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., bright and early. Uh, we've got Craig Burley, who's going to be joining us. Also, we'll hear from Jordan Renan and John Heim. little preview for the Giants-Washington game. And, of course, as always, uh, Joe Wiz joins us at 2.30 with his picks and his plays. And we'll continue with your calls. Anita Marks with you on the Saturday afternoon here on 98.7 ESPN.